Interculture podcast. How's it going? Fine. Uh, I've been meaning to tell you what I got for Christmas. It's something for your face. It's this wand that puts an electric pulse through this thing, and you're like supposed to use it on your face. You gonna roll it out? It's not a roll. Mm. There's like a zap inside of it, and <laughs> it zaps you, and it's supposed to make you young again. I should definitely get one. Yeah, you might think about it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know if it really works, but I've been using it. <laughs> well, we'll see in the future. If I start to look younger, then you know why. <laughs> yeah. What's new with you? Uh, nothing much. I was surprised by learning that Greta Thunberg was arrested in Germany. I and mean, finally that happened, you know? <laughs> Is gonna happen at some point. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really keep up with what she's up to, but I did hear that that was a pretty crazy clash with police and protesters. They were protesting the new expansion of the coal mine. We live in 21st century. We cannot believe like how we are like so dependent on fossil resources. There was like 35,000 people protesting, which is pretty good number. I think. The right to protest. Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs> so, uh... What are we talk talking about this week? This week we're talking about ethnic enclaves. Oh, interesting point. It is interesting, isn't it? Well, we are in a home of ethnic enclaves, United States of America, so... Why don't you, um, read us a definition, I guess, going on this? Ethnic enclave is a geographical area where a particular ethnic group is partially clustered and socially and economically distinct from the majority group. That sounds kind of isolated. It is isolated within a, a broader sea. So example would be Chinatown. But it's our Chinatown isn't really anything compared to San Francisco's. Right. When this episode airs, Lunar New Year has just passed this past weekend. Actually, Lunar New Year celebrations go on for, I don't know, a few weeks, I feel like. I can't remember how long. But the parade, I've never been, but I'd like to maybe go. It looks kind of cool. I'm not like a huge fan of Chinatown, though. Have you gone? Yeah, I've been to many Chinatowns in New York. Well, I only know the Manhattan one. I feel like it's like a really unsafe area, especially like getting into it. Last I was there, I felt like walking to Chinatown was going through like kind of sketchy neighborhoods to get in there. I don't think it is, but for me it's a different case. So it's also right next to Little Italy. I think there are like many ethnic enclaves in, in just Manhattan, China, Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Koreatown. Koreatown, probably my favorite. 
because they have really cute karaoke bars and <laughs> like really good cafes. And I've also, I think people are more aware of H Mart now that that book came out crying in H Mart. But that's a Korean grocery store that's like really quite good. They have a, a good selection. Right. Which sometimes it's hard at Asian grocery stores because it's hard to get like good suppliers coming from overseas, you yeah. know. So why do enclaves, forums and in countries, why do you think that happens? Well, historically, it's been migrant communities all come in around a similar time frame. There's not huge waves of immigration in the U.S. like there used to be, you know, in the 1800s, early 1900s. When a large group of people, I mean, they're either coming for like migrant work or they're fleeing some kind of issue in their country or whatever and they need a new place to live then typically they'll all find a place with people who speak the same language and like know their culture and their food and everything yeah it sounds warm and welcoming to newcomers and that's how it grows i guess i would feel really happy to if i was in that situation and like scared to go to a new country to find a neighborhood of like americans <laughs> <laughs> well, if you wouldn't know the local language, yeah. I mean, if I wouldn't know any English, I would probably feel more comfortable. I don't know where many, many Turkish people live here. Maybe in New Jersey? Yeah, definitely. Glad that I, I didn't go there. You still have mostly Turkish friends, though. I mean, like, I feel like the Turkish immigrants here, they all kind of know each other. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. Which is nice because it is comforting to have people who like know your language and like know where you come from like that and be able mm -hmm. to relate to them. But at the same time, it definitely makes it harder to assimilate into a new culture when you are, when you have this crutch. And I've looked into some studies on ethnic enclaves and there are several like benefits to them. There's lower rates of depression among immigrants who live in enclaves. And there's higher rates of education for immigrants living there than not. But there is lower language proficiency. And depending on like the quality of the enclave, you might not find decent employment. Like your yes. rate of decent employment might be lower. That, yeah, that is the case. In Germany, mm. there's like millions of Turkish. Right, yeah. And uh, they, they form their own neighborhood. And I hear like a baby who grows there, they can like speak the German like very well, even though they were like born there, you know? You you'd have to go out of your neighborhood because you have everything in there. Your school, oh, your, okay, I see. You know, like everything. Even if you can just live there for like 20 years and then get employed. And Germans are like complaining about it. Their language gets... Loses, loses. Bastardized. Yeah. Turkish Germany is, you know. <laughs> well, politicians discussing how enclaves are, are going to topple the culture there. And I don't, there's not like any evidence for that. But it's something that is a huge for concern for them. 
it's hard to to say like, okay, yes, I understand you want to be comfortable living in our country, but also you need to be uncomfortable as well in order to appease like our preservation of our culture. Like, I don't know. That's a very difficult, sticky subject. Yeah, it is. The, the politicians are divided by it and then if you cannot meet any common ground or find a solution some way, I think it's going to get more problematic in the future. That's concerning. Yeah. And also like in every neighborhood you have criminal activities happen, you know, everywhere. Crime is another issue in enclaves. You see this in movies quite a bit is how, you know, the the organized crime is operating out of the enclave areas and hiding there and they have their connection back to mm. the home country. And I'm sure it's dramatized when we see it depicted, but that's actually, a, that is a very real thing going on. Great depiction in media in Broad City. If, I don't know if you ever watched that series. They go to Chinatown to buy fake designer bags. Mm -hmm. And the lady takes them like in a van and blindfolds them and takes them to a secret location mm -hmm. like in the sewers to look at their... <laughs> You don't have to go to sewers now. You can just buy them on the other street. You can buy tons of fake stuff on the street. A huge economy goes on. Right now, different nationalities coming to Turkey and migration from like Syrian refugees and they form their own enclaves in big cities. The Syrian refugees really come with like nothing. Yeah, that's why they work at like shitty jobs and then they don't like getting like insurance in like kind of like retirement plan and they work for like half of the price you would work and you wouldn't find a job. That's another problem. Well, it's the same with migrant work in the US. I mean, they pay them next to nothing. That's also create racism. Well, it's a complex issue because most of our modern day economies rely on cheap labor. Yes, that's, that's the problem. It makes me feel a little bit sick, actually, to think about it, because sitting here enjoying the privileges of our economy, which is profiting off of not just exploitive labor, but even slave labor as well. Anyway, that's another route that we'll maybe go down another day, but it's, it's not going to be a problem that's solved overnight. I think it's never, never going to be solved. There will always be people living in a lower class and I'll have a lower quality of life, probably. But I'm an optimist and I like to think we'll be living in a socialized utopia in the future. <laughs> now I have a list of some ethnic enclaves around the world that I found interesting. Mm. Number one is uh, Liberdade in Sao Paulo, Brazil, which is the largest community of Japanese people outside of Japan. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, I have to list Chinatown of San Francisco because it's the largest Chinatown outside of Asia and it's the oldest Chinatown in North America, which I was reading the first wave of Chinese migrants were actually tea merchants to the U.S., which I find very interesting. You always hear about like 
the Chinese immigrants coming here were originally like working on the railroads. Oh yeah. So this is the first time I'd ever heard about tea merchants. Um, number three got Little India in Singapore. A lot of the older ethnic enclaves they are formed by like migrants or like even enforced by the government. But actually, Little India started out as like a home for wealthy European immigrants living in Singapore, colonizers. And it started out as like a famous place for horse racing. (laughs) But then as cattle became a huge industry there, a lot of Indian immigrants came over because there are many cattle farmers from India. That one was interesting. Um, Number four is kind of a dying enclave, unfortunately. It's called New Iceland in Gimli, Manitoba, Canada. In October 1875, this was the first permanent Icelandic settlement in Canada. It is home to the largest concentration of people of Icelandic ancestry outside of Iceland, which I didn't know there were a bunch of Icelandic people moving to Canada at one point, but (laughs) it's kind of dying down now. I guess there's not, people are more assimilating and there's not a bunch of Icelandic immigrants anymore, but you can still find like Icelandic restaurants and the people there still speak a little bit of the language. Our last one is Greek Town in Toronto, Canada. And this has one of the highest concentrations of restaurants per kilometer in the whole world. And their annual festival attracts more than a million tourists per year. Mostly, I think they're coming for Greek food, probably, but... (laughs) Anyway, that's my list. These are all forms because of the catastrophe that happened in in their country, I guess. Not all of them. I mean, why would a Greek person would immigrate to here? Okay, that one, that was like definitely war. Yeah. The Japanese Brazilian is one of of the most interesting. Yeah, right? I met some people. I was like, actually, Japanese Brazilian. I just wonder what is the... It happened because uh, during like World War Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It's like refugees, migrants, uh, escaping war, or like seeking better economic opportunity. I think that's most of them. Mm-hmm. For the bright part, I think I like it because you learn different culture and then their food. It feels like you know that country before even being in that country, there's some richness in it. I didn't want to make it sound like I'm, it's not, it's not some, some sort of an amusement park and you just go there and then have your fun and then go back to your own neighborhood, but it's. A lot of enclaves are sort of hostile towards outsiders. I, I didn't feel like that. Going in there, I feel like people are cold to me. A bit more than I experience if I go into like an American run restaurant. Chinese people are like not. I'm not just talking about Chinatown. I mean other places as well. I mean, but I guess I'm mostly discussing Asian cultures. So maybe, maybe that is just part of the broader culture. It's not like enclaves themselves. But I definitely don't feel comfortable going there. Typically, when I go, I feel like. 
I'm seen as an outsider. And that's that's kind of documented too, especially like places like Chinatown where they don't want they don't really want like people from the from broader New York going in all the time because they want to secure um the safe space for them, I guess. And it's not I don't think it's very nice because they're in a different country, you know, like we're hosting them essentially. Or am I just being like too sensitive about that? I cannot maybe be in the same perception with you. Not being American, you mean, or what? Oh, maybe so. I don't know. I think I don't blame them at all, but I think many people who benefit from more developed nations, they still view like western society as immoral and distasteful and they are happy to remain in a culturally isolated community to stay Mm. away from that okay now that's sounds familiar (laughs) (laughs) not for my case but i i know some i mean i i'm the same as them there Mm. are aspects of like certain cultures that I am like, I want to stay away from that, you know, because I think it's like immoral or whatever. That could be perhaps a common ideology in certain enclaves. I could see. Yeah. Not that I don't want to seem like a person who's like, get out immigrants, we hate you. (laughs) You know, like, that's not my point. If it was, then, then you would be like, I'm leaving. I'm not doing this podcast with you. (laughs) Well, as you, you reproduce when you <laughs> enter a new country, you cannot be that that much of a conservative about the about your culture. So, I mean, we've talked about before. I feel like people just come to take advantage of economic educational opportunities. They don't engage with the culture. They don't like it or whatever or don't care, and then they just take the benefit and and go. That's accurate. Even I can talk, even I can say that for my, for my own, own people. Most of them. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Like, mm. but I feel like I am very critical of a lot of other cultures. I mean, but I think it's important to remain critical of your own culture as well, to not get into the mentality of like the superior race or something like mm. that. Yeah. It's kind of in people's nature to put a higher value and put a greater basis of morality on their own culture rather than anyone else's. I just always think that if you stay in the same country, the country you were born for the rest of your life, even for temporary reason, you need to go outside and see, you know, see, see the rest of the world. I totally like agree with you, but at the same time, someone who lives in the same place their whole life and doesn't really like go experience other cultures, I don't think they're wasting their life or anything. I don't think that they can't achieve certain self-actualization or whatever if they don't do that. I think it's it's fine, but yeah, it does it broadens your horizons and better's your perspective to see other places and it, it could be extremely beneficial to like your well-being too, to see how other people are living. 
Yeah. I guess what my issue is, if I'm coming down to it, with the ethnic enclaves, I I don't want them to be like living with me and hating me at the same time, basically, and rejecting like my culture, you know? Yeah. That like that's my issue. Now for my case, I guess oh, sorry, before before I came to that, that even happens in suburbs. There are like ethnic enclave suburbs, not just in the cities. I don't really think about that, yeah. People are tend to form in the same region. You know, this like Pakistani people live in, in Texas. Oh wow. Because during the seventies the manufacturing jobs and the engineering and the in the rise. And like the United States government made a pact with Pakistani government back in the day. Surge of people coming to Texas to study in Houston. Hmm. Work as an engineer here and then some of them are settled here and then live the rest of their life. I don't know if you can say that in Enclave or not, but there's like a community of mm-hmm. Pakistanis living live in Texas. We're born in Texas. Which just sounds crazy. I mean, not, not crazy, but it just sounds like... Interesting. Interesting, yeah. yeah. That reminded me of something. Not too long ago, I started to get very interested in why... Because my ancestors were immigrants on both sides. And I'm like, why did these people come to Kansas? Such a very random decision for mm-hmm. a group of immigrants to come here. And on my dad's side of the family, you know, they're French and they settled in Western Kansas, which is very rural. And I was like, why, why did that, they come here? What was it that made them come like all the way to Kansas? And it's always like the case that a a small group, they always like find a community somewhere. And I found close to where my dad's side of the family were living, there was actually a French etiquette school out in rural Kansas. (laughs) Like, I think they even spoke French there. I'm like, what the fuck? That's the weirdest thing I've ever read in my life. But it's the same. The other side of my family is German. And there's like a billion German people living in Kansas too. It's so weird. Mm. Well, not a billion, but you know what I mean? (laughs) All over the place, you can find roots, which I mean, those French and German people, they've all become like mega assimilated, you know, by now. But you can always find the roots of where certain nationalities of people gathered together. It's really fascinating. I think there's a motive because you speak the same language, you believe you have the same beliefs, you like the same food. I guess you tend to form sort of a neighborhood. I would want the same thing, probably. But I don't think there's any American enclave. Are there? Mm. I mean, maybe if you're at a university in another country, you can find a bunch of American students, but... Yeah, you probably most, most likely to find that in either France or Italy. Nobody, Americans aren't like going anywhere. What is the benefit to us to go somewhere? <laughs> to learn a new language. But they're not going to move for the rest of their life to another country. Yeah, yeah not, not the rest of their life, but... You're not going to form an enclave in a new country unless yeah, you're like... Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. But that might happen in Mexico. What do you mean? An American enclave. I don't think so. Because house prices are like skyrocketing right now. And there are like millennials that never going to be able to afford a house, buy a house. So they like tend to move out to cheaper places for the rest of their life. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. It has to be a lot of people coming over at the same time. 
to be established in a new country though for it to for an enclave to really form and i just don't see that happening for <laughs> for that reason no i guess we'll see all right <laughs> you want to bet on it let's, no let's definitely not bet <laughs> But in like 200 years, maybe Americans are going to be heading out. I feel like that would be so cool to live in an enclave. You could be in a new country, but still have the comforts yeah. of home. Like that sounds... Where would you want that? A good question. If I was an American, I would want that in North Korea. <laughs> what do you mean North Korea? What? That would be the most extreme place to form... Who wants to go there? Form an enclave. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> No, I think Japan probably would happen. Mm. Americans yeah. really like Japan, I feel like. I know a lot of people who like vacation in Japan and love it there. So I could see that happening. Anyway, I wish I could experience what people in the Enclave are experiencing. But maybe some of them are, like, annoyed. For my case, I wouldn't want to live there. It is like a Turkish Enclave somewhere in, like, Patterson. In is New that Jersey. New Jersey? Yeah. I'm glad that I've never settled there. <laughs> Why? I don't know. That's... Well, I'm coming from Turkey. Why would I want to be like living in a Turkish community still? Well, I think you are a person who values like experiencing and being immersed in a new place. I guess, yeah, that's for me. I'd maybe like want to culturally blend in. People who are like, I want to become like really experience life as this or in this country they're not going mm -hmm. to an enclave you know because they they want to really feel like what it's like to to be a person in that culture mm -hmm. i go there sometimes like time to time to visit going to the, like turkish market buy like turkish snacks yeah Kunefe or baklava. <laughs> it's really weird to me because like i grew up eating different types of food you know not just american and then I see the Turks here are like obsessed with like going to the Turkish market and like they only want to eat Turkish food and have only Turkish products. Even when the American products, the same thing. They're like, no, I need the Turkish version. And I just find it so funny. And I'm like, that's weird. I just don't feel attached to American products at all or American food. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we feel attached to it. Because what we believe is it tastes better than anything, any other product. It's so nice living in New York because you can get anything you want so easily. Right. From anywhere in the world. And it's such a privilege. It's so nice. We went to like a huge Turkish grocery store in New Jersey before. Like the big one. I'm like, it's like a supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like going to Walmart, but it's Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. I kind of feel that. Like I put myself in your shoes. If that would happen in Turkey, I think like most of the Turkish people would feel threatened mm. that much of a large. I think because of the, what we raised as like one nation country during the 1920s, gathering people in one flag. But in here, it's a different case because people were migrating here since the 1600s. I saw like the first wave of Jewish migrants forming an enclave in New York was in like 1654 yeah like which is so nuts to me but yeah this is a always been a country of immigrants i mean we were a colonized nation after all those first colonizers 
they were in their own enclave, like separated from the indigenous population of the U.S. Mm -hmm. That was the original American enclave. <laughs> I kind of like feel the similarity between here. Tur Turkey is a small United States. Millions of Greek people, Jewish and even like Italians, Arabics and Kurdish, of course. They were there before Turkish, you know, arrived there. So mm -hmm. I think we have to be careful in the future because it's a it's a fine line to walk between um, comfort and acceptance, allowing immigrants to feel at home in your country versus like having an expectation that they're going to engage in in our politics and in our culture just because it's all one culture of people it doesn't mean that that their feelings or motivations are the same we can't like make that assumption you know yeah you can also create one culture people that sounds boring though i think life is like is a happier like more colorful place when you learn how to live a person not like you that is like a very noble desire. Mm. If I think about human progress, that is just one of the most important aspects for our like advancing society is to um, embrace multiculturalism. But uh, for some people, it's just very hard and challenging for them to open up that way and be accepting. And I don't think we should be forcing them. You know, we just have to like, just try to remain positive about that exchange. It's better to just like, see the positive aspects of multiculturalism. Yeah. All right. Yes, that's it. That's all. And thank you again so much for being a listener of Interculture. Love you guys. Thank you. And don't forget to follow us on, on our social media and let us know what you think about this. See you next week. See you next week. Email us at interculturepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on social media at interculturepod.